Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. That's right. We are the show that explores the show, The Simpsons, from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, we know that there are other podcasts out there that explore the golden age of The Simpsons, seasons 1 through 10, and they can do their thing. But we're going to do our thing, explore the later seasons, to find the goodness in them, the badness in them, and whatever else we find inside ourselves. I'm half an annoyed grunt boy, Steve, and with me, as always, is... The other half annoyed grunt boy, Craig! Whoa! Coming in hot. Oh, boy. How are we doing this week, Steve? Doing good, Craig. Doing good. <laughs> We're now shock jacks. Oh, boy. Auga. This is what 2021 is going to sound like. It's going to be awful. But not really. And let's uh, stop that. Yeah. But, Craig, I just want to know, um, can you get us uh, 11,700 more uh, listeners? Because I'm looking at the numbers, and we need to yeah. find well, some it, more. It, that's, that's not really how it works, Steve. But, I mean, you can make it happen. You can just, uh, you know, fudge the numbers or whatever you have to do. Just find us. 11,700 more. I just need to let you know that our lawyer is also on this conversation right now. So he's recording us. Oh, uh, you don't need to be doing that, uh, Rory. Uh, just uh, 11,700 more listeners, please. I think our podcast listeners have already voiced their vote for this podcast. Yeah, but maybe some others did and we just didn't uh, count them. Mm, not a political podcast. <laughs> uh craig what you uh watching on the tv these days it's kind of weird that we didn't get a fall season i mean it's not weird because of covid and everything yeah it, all the, and all of a sudden like the christmas break we just got uh, hit with a bunch of stuff in a good way yeah got your wonder woman 84 on hbo and you got your uh, uh soul uh pixar film on disney plus and then you get to us to Stephen craig here yeah um the return of some of our favorite shows like letter kenny on Hulu. Oh, it's so uh, good. And uh for me, uh Cobra Kai season three. Mm-hmm. And then I finally I watched Auntie Donna's uh, Big House of Fun on Netflix. And I got to say, guys, if you, if you haven't seen that yet, if you're into absurd sketch comedy, that uh, this is what SNL should do. <laughs> it's yeah. like they have a concept and they keep running it and there's no end. And then just put in the most absurd ending or continue it in a weird way. And that's what Auntie Donna's is. It's so hilarious. I cannot I just, recommend I, it enough. It's so I, silly. And it's just so much fun. It's just watching that and then watching like, Season nine of Letter Kenny, so crazy. But the the show I've been just, I almost want to do a podcast just about Cobra Kai. What's so amazing about this show is it's dumb but smart. Mm-hmm. And you you haven't watched it, right? You're correct. Okay, so I won't spoil anything. You take these dopey movies, not dopey, but the the first Karate Kid movie was uh, Kid Rocky, essentially. Um, Kid Rocky, like the rapper. <laughs> Not Kid Cuddy. Is there actually a rubber name Kid Rocky? No, I was just imagining a cartoon where you see a young Kid Rock. So Rocky, no, I'm talking about the movie Rocky. <laughs> right, right. Sylvester Stallone, which isn't the same director of uh, Karate Kid and the same director of uh, I think Rocky. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, I think that Bill Conti also did the music for both, maybe. Besides the points. But so Rocky's about the, you know, the loser who, you know, triumphs. Yeah. 
even though the first Rocky movie he does lose against the hot Carl Weathers there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Karate Kid was, you know, about the, you know, the nerd kid that gets bullied. And, you know, we all know what Karate Kid is. So it's one of my favorite movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have like the sequels and they're not as good, but they're still fun. Yeah. But then you have this concept of Cobra Kai. It's like, let's take the bad guy from the first movie, Johnny Lawrence, and to show him in modern days and making, you know, rebuilding Cobra Kai, the, the dojo and everything they do on this show is perfect. Wow. I don't know what it is like. It reminds me of like Degrassi, kind of like Degrassi TNG. Yeah. Like it's something like, do, do, do we need this series? No. Like was Karate Kid like this huge franchise that like, like Star Wars or, you know. Yeah, it didn't really. It doesn't warrant this. But what Cobra Kai does is makes those original movies 10 times better. And they're not good movies. The first one's good. But yeah. two and three. And then let's not even talk about next Karate Kid. They're not good movies. Right. But it makes, especially season three, it makes Karate Kid 2 look like Godfather 2. Whoa. Yeah, because they they delve into characters from spoilers from Karate Kid 2 in in like an episode or two. But I guess I spoiled it there. Uh, It's okay. And and it's so dumb. But the show also knows how silly it is. I think that's uh, that's a very important aspect. And that's what makes the show great, because there's outside characters that comment on like (laughs) what's going on on the show. Like, why is everyone so into this karate thing? Okay, (laughs) because it's not a thing. Yeah. Also, there's this moment to where in season three, uh, Daniel Sun's wife confronts Kreese, who's the Cobra Kai bad sensei, right? From the mm-hmm. first first movie. And she goes to his business because like his students like roughhouse her kids and the Miyagi-Do kids. And this isn't really much of a spoiler, but so she confronts him like she's like, I'm going to file a restraining order against you. So you you can't attack my children, you know, and he's all like, fuck you, lady. And then she slaps him. And uh, she's like, you stay away from my kids. Like that very dramatic like thing you would see in, in, in the drama film. Right. Right. Like, yeah. You get him, girl, because he is the bad guy. And so they go to the next day. They go to the cops to file a restraining order against Crease. And the cop is like, oh, hey, guess what? There's already a restraining file ordered. So we're good. And, <laughs> and uh, she's like, what? I don't remember. Like, what? What? He's like, yeah, he filed a restraining order against you. And then the way the cop put it is like, so this uh, Vietnam War vet who owns a business, you came into his business after hours and assaulted him by slapping him or assaulted him physically. So, yeah, you can't be near him. Like, <laughs> so if you like, she was like doing the total Karen thing that we see on TV right. or on the Internet. So like Daniel LaRusso is literally married to a Karen, but we know that she's in the right, but but just showing it from different sides. I think that's what's kind of interesting about the show. If you really think about it, it's like if we were to hear this on the news in real life, like, yeah, the 70 year old uh, war vet who owns a dojo was assaulted by a woman after hours in his business. We you and I would be up in arms like that's fucked up, man. Why would she do that? Yeah, exactly. Huh. It's just those little things that they make points of. And I remember there was an episode or two of How I Met Your Mother mm-hmm. where um, Barney, played by um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, they were talking about the Karate Kid and 
they were saying, oh, yeah, I love the Karate Kid. You know, Dan was, you know, a great hero, whatever. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, no, the story is called The Karate Kid. The story is really about Johnny Lawrence. He was the Karate Kid and eloquently puts like how that movie is kind of messed up because Johnny was with Ali Sheedy, not Ali Sheedy, uh, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. And they had dated for like a couple of years. And then like, you know, something happens. There's some rift between them and they break up, but they still probably are in love with each other because he still is. Yeah. And Karate Kid. Then Daniel comes in, this kid from nowhere and like woos her as she he's like the rebound to her mm-hmm. and um and yeah of course he's pissed off because that'd be like you know you've been dating someone for like two years right steve right and then all of a sudden this kid from jersey shows up and like starts like hanging out with your ex-girlfriend who you still want to be with yeah of course you're gonna want to fight and then you when you watch part two Daniel comes in like this only happened, by the way, in the segment of the summer to like November, I think, is when the the tournament happened. So like a few months that he's with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Anyway, so Credit Kid Part 2 starts with the the summer break from that year. And he comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, Elizabeth Shue broke up with me. And they were only together for like that school year. Yeah. So really that time frame between like Daniel and, and that girl. Not that wasn't big. that big. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at it from Johnny's side, it's like he wants his girl back. Right. He was just kind of like living his life. And this right. kid came along. And yeah. So long story short, I'm trying to point out is like, I feel like the creators of the Cobra Kai, like watch that episode of uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother. I'm like, <laughs> this is a show. This is a show. This is the show. Anyways, uh, what have you been watching? There's a show on HBO that came out actually a while back called How To with John Wilson. And it's produced by Nathan Fielder from Nathan For You. Love him. Yep. And so this show is this guy, John Wilson, and he uses uh, like footage that he kind of like made just on his camcorder and um, of New York. And he tells a story uh, using that footage. And the first one's about like being social. He ends up going to Mexico to this uh, to hang out with this uh, white wannabe rapper who is uh, trying to get on MTV. Is it scripted or? No, it's uh, not. Okay. And then the second episode is all about um, scaffolding, <laughs> just scaffolding. And then, you know, there it goes. It's really interesting. I don't want to say anymore because it's kind of fun to discover what goes on in that show. But it's oddly like comforting and like sweet, but also absurdly funny. And uh, yeah, and you may see some genitals at some point. So um, yeah. Nathan Fielders or? No, um, but uh, uh, I'll just like let people find it. I think episode five, four or five. What's it called again? How to with John Wilson. How to with John Wilson. Okay. I believe it was on HBO Max. I have that. Well, there you go. Check it out. We've talked enough about TV. Let's talk about something else. Uh, what do we talk about? Oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, TV. Oh, okay. How about uh, The Simpsons? Sounds good. Uh, so today we're talking about uh, season 27, episode 21, and that aired on May 15th, 2016. Hey, Craig, what was the uh, number one movie in the box office then? Hmm. Um, I'm looking up here. I uh, haven't heard of this. Must be some little uh, art house film. Uh, probably about, uh, it's called Captain America Civil War. So I'm, I'm assuming this is about like the Civil War, like some sort of like Gettysburg. Yeah, it's like Glory like 2. Yeah, I don't I, yeah, never saw it. Did you? Um, no, that's right. I, <laughs> uh, I gotta say, Captain America Civil War. I think it has to rank. It's it might be the Lisa on Ice of the Marvel movies. Oh, wow, it's a definitely a top three. 
interesting. It's a Manchurian Candidate superhero movie. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And uh, Robert uh, Redford's in it. Oh, which cast of the year is Sundance Kid himself? <laughs> Wasn't he also the Manchurian Candidate? Yes, he was. <laughs> All right. And you know what's so funny is if they were ever to make like a Captain America movie in the 70s, he would have been the best oh, Steve Rogers. Yeah. Definitely. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Love uh, Captain America Civil War. Steve, while I was uh, watching Civil War, what were you listening to? Why I was bopping to the Billboard Hot 100 song Panda by Designer. That's with uh, two eyes. Exactly. Like most people. Except for pirates. Panda, 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 panda. I got broads in Atlanta. She's a Dolene, the family. Credit cards in the scams. Hitting the licks in the van. Legacies. That's a song. That certainly was a song. That was my sentiment exactly. Uh, that was the number one song, Steve. Are you looking at the right? Uh, yep. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, not uh, the number one song that week? Nope. Eagles Greatest Hits Volume 2 <laughs> slid to number two that week. Okay. I'm not familiar with Panda Lyrics Designer. Um... Me neither. Uh, it, it seems fine. Yeah, like I've got no problem with it. If the maybe the intro is a little long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that intro is probably cut from this podcast so <laughs> that's true here's the thing is like it bored me <laughs> like yeah i started wandering away i'm like i wasn't paying attention yeah i wasn't actively like offended by it i was just kind of like yeah it's, it's yeah. still going <sighs> are we still here uh I, yeah i guess so um, all right uh, let's talk about the simpsons <laughs> all right so we're talking about simprovised um what happens in that greg well homer j simpson embarrasses himself trying to read a speech at work huh. he then decides to turn to uh improv comedy oh. to regain his uh confidence uh for public speaking uh do we have a b plot um i think marge decides to uh rebuild bart's treehouse steve do you remember this episode <laughs> Uh, kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> Are we reviewing it this week or next week? I think we're reviewing it this week. All right. Um, uh, I think we got a case uh, of the sillies. We yeah. should uh, take a break and then we can watch this during the break. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, feel a little bit better after the break. Yeah, you'll be a lot calmer like you just get started. Um, <laughs> Ooh, a blue car. <laughs> we'll be right back. Pond. And we're back. Today we're talking about Simprovised, the 21st episode of the 27th season. It originally aired on May 15th, 2016. It is episode 595 in the show's run. Your nerd code is VAB. F13. It was written by John Frink, directed by Matthew Nastuck, and your showrunner is Al Jean. John Frink. Good old Frankie boy. We've had a couple episodes with this fella. Mm -hmm. Off the top of your head, Steve? Through my eyes, I saw it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're at the top of my head. No, oh, that's weird. They should be like kind of in the middle. I guess so. All right, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what have we done? Let's see here. Uh, love is in the N2O2ARCO2NEHECH4. Yes. That was the episode prior to this one that, that was uh, penned by him. Did we do uh, Bobby It's Cold Outside? No. Oh, I have it highlighted for some reason. Oh, you know, it's like it's been previously searched. That's why I'm wondering. <laughs> um, how about uh, his first one ever? Treehouse of Horror 11. We yeah, did, we did it this year. 
Yeah, we did that. Um, bye bye, nerdy. Did we do that one? Yeah, yeah, we did that one. Cool. We haven't done some tall tales yet. No. Maybe we haven't done that many. How about uh, I don't know. We've done like a hundred episodes at least. It's all starting to come together in my head. I know. Maybe Black Eyed Please. No. No. Polit- politically inept with Homer Simpson. Yeah, that we did. Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely did that one. Okay. And we haven't done Tis the Thirty Season, but I feel like we have. But we haven't. All right. Well, Don Payne also was uh, his. Rain partner we've done with episodes with don mm-hmm. but uh guess where uh john frank you know he was uh him and don Payne. like i said they did hope and glory i remember that sitcom with uh kelly ripa vaguely yes oh yeah i remember that one steve guess where he went to college uh, i'm gonna guess it's not kudger and it's not harvard he's oh. actually from ucla Oh, I'm glad that the Simpsons uh, decided to uh, reach out to other schools to find more diverse schools, you'd say. Yeah. (laughs) UCLA known for its diversity, Steve. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get on with uh, this episode. We should tell everybody that we're going to be improvising this whole episode. Yep. None of our normal strict script that we normally do. Yeah. Uh, So the title of the episode is a pun, or I'd call it a lazy portmanteau of the word Simpson and improvised smushed together to make simprovised. Is a lazy portmanteau just grape juice? (laughs) Uh, It's dumb. (laughs) I like it. No, um, it's when, you know, Natalie's trying to put on her shoe and one of her foot digits won't go in because it's a lazy portmanteau. Oh, yeah. Natalie Portman. Toe. (laughs) Do you think her brother's name is Nathan Portwoman? (laughs) Jesus. This is dumb. Can we just end this? <laughs> Steve, what's our couch gag and title signage and uh, uh, chalkboard gag? You know what, Craig? What? Because we're so dumb, we don't get one. <laughs> oh, good. We got nothing. They should have uh, done a, a live improvise of the couchboard. Couch yeah. Board. Chalkboard. Poor little Bart's hand had it right alive. Yes. But our episode begins with neither of those things, but at the Springfield Police Station, where Chief Wiggum is on the phone with his wife, assuring her that he will get his son a birthday present. Clancy lies to his wife, saying that he's already at the toy store, and then ducks into the police evidence locker. So inside, he uh, passes by a myriad of uh, seized goods. We see uh, jewels, computers, a nuclear warhead, and, you know, just an array of weapons there. Uh, he picks up a weapon. It's a crossbow. He's uh, deciding he should give that to Ralph, but he figures uh, that uh, Ralph would probably kill himself in two minutes and somehow uh, it'd be the chief's fault. Hmm. So he looks over and discovers a, a cache of unclaimed ransom money. Ooh, the money has been sitting there since 1998, not doing anybody any good. And I'm going to stop right here because uh, because of last week's episode, I had Mel Gibson on the brain and I wanted to see if that was a joke that's sitting there since 1998, <laughs> but, but ransom came out in 96. So I think uh, that 98 is just an arbitrary date. It sounds good. Yeah. Maybe that was when a John Frink uh, uh, first started working on The Simpsons. It was 98. That would make sense. That does make sense. That makes a lot of sense. We're going to yeah. say that. Maybe that was his original contract money. $1,998. Yeah. Uh, so Chief Wiggum wants to get his uh, little Ralphie something nice, and a few thousand should be able to do that. He stuffs the money down his pants and leaves the evidence locker when he's met by a fellow police officer, Lou. You heard me whistling there, right? That indicates innocence. Uh, proclaiming your innocence indicates guilt. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, what does this mean? I feel like that was some improv from Wiggum. I know, some uh, musical improv. Some scatting. Yes. Steve, do you like scatting? I love scatological music. All right. 
<laughs> we know where we're going with this. Yeah. Instead, let's go to the birthday party of a young Ralph Wiggum. All the children of Springfield are there, including uh, Milhouse's ex, Samantha Stanky, taking a break from learning French from nuns. As the uh, Simpson kids arrive to the party, Bart tells Lisa the importance of getting the cake before. And, well, as Lisa points out, it's too late because we see Ralph's face indented into the birthday cake. But the mouth is closed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he, he didn't eat <laughs> any of it. <laughs> he just put it in like it was almost like he probably just like i love you cake and just smushed his face into it and like kind of maybe kissed it yeah probably not open tongue of course because the mouth is closed right <sighs> and he's too young there... to know how to really french <laughs> a cake cake presumably <laughs> but there's still plenty of cake around that you know i'm, I'm looking at it there's yeah still enough cake especially in 1996 before you know we knew that germs were bad germs only were bad in 2020 yep and now that we're in 2021 they're fine <laughs> I know. I, I feel great. I want to lick and kiss everybody because yep. I can. I'm going to go make out with a hobo. All right. Well, Bart and Lisa noticed that Clancy's gift to his son is a new treehouse. Uh, Bart is uh, in disbelief. And this is the best damn treehouse he's ever seen. So he rubs his eyes to get a better look. And then he sees it's even better. And it's got this like large Ralph flag, zip line, and even Wi-Fi hotspot. Ooh. So Bart decides to rub his eyes the other way. But then the treehouse gets even better. And the flags of the whole Wiggum clan, a crow's nest with a telescope and a fancy spiral staircase. La-dee-da. And inside the treehouse, the bounties continue with a Nerf Gatling gun, a water balloon slingshot, and a water slide that wraps around the back and into the treehouse. <laughs> There's even a flat screen TV hooked up to a VCR <laughs> with the uh, complete treehouse of horrors collection. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> And they're probably like bootlegs too. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty smart that, you know, you have a treehouse to get the treehouse of horror collection. Yeah. Because they look like like VHS home tapes rather than. Because, yeah, I think they only released a couple sets, obviously, of uh, of uh, the Simpsons Halloween specials on VHS, yeah. which you can still pick up at your local Goodwill, I'm assuming. <laughs> probably. I haven't been to a Goodwill in a year. <laughs> Me neither. There's a lot of stuff in the back of Laura's car that we need to get rid of. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I need to get rid of, too, including my podcast partner. Yeah, me too. Uh, anyways, uh, Bart runs up uh, the viewing platform and through the telescope, he sees Duffman enjoying some wine, not beer, which I thought hmm. was a fun sight gag. Krusty uh, rubbing suntan lotion on Mr. Teeny's fur, poolside. Uh, Sideshow Mel hanging his dry bones. And uh, Bart sees his own crappy treehouse and a single leaf lands on it, causing several planks of lumber to fall on the ground. And Homer sees this and screams, free wood. And he takes those final plagues back inside. Really happy about that wood. And was he going to burn it? Probably. I mean, also, it's not technically free because <laughs> yeah, he paid for it. Yeah. But as we see in the flashback, yeah, of course he did. He built it. Yeah. Um, which also could be a blunder, by the way. Sure. Uh, we'll get to that when we get there. And uh, anyways, uh, Bart realizes that uh, some have it better than others. Oh, my treehouse sucks. Ha <laughs> ha! You have class envy! Nelson, honey, I told you to stop saying ha ha. Give me a dollar and I'll stop. I don't got a dollar. Ha <laughs> ha! Nelson's mom can't say ha ha. She's like, ha ha. <laughs> Who does uh, Nelson's mom? I mean, besides all the men in Springfield. <laughs> hey, ooh. Is that Tress? Oh, yeah, it sounds like her. Oh, so good. Ah, she's, she's the best. We might have had this conversation before, but did you ever have a treehouse? I was going to ask you that too. Uh, no, <laughs> I think I we've had this before. Yeah, um, I didn't. I think my dad in, like was going to make one, and then he kind of forgot. <laughs> and now he never will. That's right. Unless they have a home with <laughs> Home Depots in hell. As I say, I was going to be a little nicer and say he's going to make you a treehouse out of clouds. Ah, that's very sweet. <laughs> 
Clouds um, of blood and souls of dead Nazis in hell. I mean, of course they're dead. They're gonna be yeah. live Nazis. That'd be scary. Uh, did you ever have one, Craig? No, that's not a dead Nazi. <laughs> no, um, we didn't even have like a tree suitable, for, I guess, for that. So they said. Huh. I had one friend that had a tree house, but it was pretty much just like Bart's, you know, just a room, um, and it smelled bad. Yeah, because it's you know wood and moss and mildewy. <laughs> Right, and you probably got black mold from it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. At least it's not COVID. Or COVID-84. <laughs> the original title right. to Wonder Woman, 84. <laughs> and then I had a friend that didn't have like a treehouse. He just had like a shed that was considered his treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like, you know, those like pre-made like made sheds you could get at Home Depot. It literally was just like, here's some planks <laughs> and like a, 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 a towel as the door. Yeah. And that's where I learned about circumcision and uncircumcised penises. I just imagine you saying that in like uh, Daniel Stern's voice as <laughs> everything is turn, turn, turn plays. Well, it's weird because it was Daniel Stern's treehouse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, uh, want to see my wet bandit? If you stick around, you can make it my sticky bandit. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, back at the uh, Simpson household, Homer is preparing for a presentation and uh, Marge offers to listen to a dry run of her husband's speech, but Homer feels that there's no need as he'll just give the same speech that he gives every year the opening joke about lenny's grandma always kills but as marge points out homer can't use that joke as lenny's grandma is on life support all of a sudden like homer gives these speeches <laughs> has this been a yeah. thing this is such like a sitcom thing i think it's funny yeah um also um since we don't really do reviews anymore i did check out one like because imdb has two of them one gives this episode a 10 out of 10 another one gives it a one out of 10 and their biggest beef with the whole episode is that homer has a problem with public speaking now <laughs> i mean i get it because he's great at public speaking because that's he's done it so many times yeah it'd be like uh homer's like uh oh i'm afraid to drink a beer <laughs> yeah well, anyways, uh, back to Homer. He's concerned because Marge tells him that he'll be fine and that uh, everyone is afraid of public speaking. But just in case, she'll defrost a failure ham. Hmm. And in the freezer, we see a Farmer Fred's failure ham fortified with Zoloft. Yum, yum. Yeah, but Homer has a backup plan. If he gets heckled, he'll say, get a half-life. And Marge reacts coolly to that joke, assuring her husband that the power plant workers will find it funny. <laughs> so Marge kisses Homer and he's left in the bedroom trying to calm himself down he tells himself to leave his body which it does his physical form falls to the ground but when the aura of homer sees us he also passes out leaving only an outline drawing of homer who is unsure just what exactly he is i gotta admit here i had a great time with that scene i thought that you would i mean i liked it too but it felt like a very much <laughs> a joke that you'd enjoy also hey way to rip that off disney pixar soul <laughs> simpsons did it well there, there is a moment spoilers for the movie soul where uh, people are able to leave their bodies and just be their souls but uh spoilers hmm. also i wish i had that power <laughs> would be really nice yeah okay well besides that might be one of my favorite jokes uh march steps outside to the backyard where bart is throwing the uh, no girl sign from his treehouse and concerned that her, her son may uh, be reaching a milestone marge questions her young boy Ooh, throwing away your no girl sign is it time for you to have the talk with your dad because he's going to have to read a few things first. No, I'm tearing it down. Ralph has a cool tree house, and mine sucks. Well, Bart, your father built it, and he did the very best he could. <coughs> I did my job. Now it's your turn, tree. Get growing. I'll tell you what. Why don't I spruce it up for you? Huh? But you're an inside grown-up. Moms can't build tree houses. 
You realize that saying that is going to make this mom work her keister off to make you the best darn treehouse you ever saw. Sounds good. <laughs> Don't worry. You forget. Most of that's hair. I thought the, the Simpsons didn't move into the household. He would have been bald by the time he had... Oh, never mind. Maybe, maybe I, that's not a blunder. I'll have to cut that out. I see what you're, where you're going, though. But yeah, I basically, do, yeah. in the clip that we just saw, um, Homer builds a tree on... Or builds a treehouse on a barely grown tree. Does that work that way? I don't think so. Ah. <laughs> I don't know, though. I'm, I'm not an arborist. Yet, Steve. Yet. True. There's still time. There's also, you know, the reason that Marge is freaking out is because there was a nail in Bart's head. And as we talked about in the previous episode, it's confusing where the hair begins and the head ends. If you look at the uh, the placement of the nail, mm -hmm. it's just a little bit above his uh, uh, brow. So does Bart have like a really small forehead and just like really long hair? That's what I'm thinking then. Yeah, it's pretty possible. I'm going to have to draw a line of his where the head begins. He's got a small crane. He looks, he's probably like uh, Eddie Munster. I can see that. He kind of does look like Eddie Munster. Yeah. All right. Actually, all the Simpsons look like the Munsters in a way. That's true. Homer's kind of like, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so at the nuclear power plant, Mr. Burns is giving his speech, which ends with the uh, same get a half-life joke causing the audience to laugh wildly. Homer reviews his note cards only to find that he wrote the line on not one, but on three cards. One of them being this big finish in which he anticipated a hold for applause and maybe even flowers. Before he can rewrite a speech, Homer is called upon by Mr. Burns to end this perfect day on a perfect note. So he's walking nervously from his seat to the stage as the footsteps are echoing. And to drive that point home, Mr. Burns turns up the uh, footstep amplifier to 10. Ooh. I think they should have put that to 11. Sure. Uh, a lone cough is heard, and Homer looks to the crowd. Uh, representation of his confidence appears on his shoulder in a dapper suit with a cane and a bowler. And the little guy tries to pump Homer up, but sees the uh, quiet audience and becomes scared. So he pulls out a revolver from Homer's ear, and the camera zooms in on Homer, and we hear a gunshot. So uh, his confidence now is literally <laughs> gone. Hey, there's two suicide jokes in this episode. Um, so here he is attempting Yay. his uh, speech. Um, um. Webster's Dictionary defines a speech as a series of words that eloquently... I've never seen anyone bomb like that. Yeah, I really feel badly for the guy. Boom! <laughs> I'm a failure. Shall I release the hound, sir? Mm, the therapy hounds. And yes, I did like the uh, the little suicide guy. Yeah, I thought he was funny. <laughs> yeah. I know you thought I would. So the uh, therapy hounds, which were actually shaggy sheepdogs, surround Homer beginning and begin to lick him, making him feel a little bit better. Uh, and then Burns has uh, Smithers release the real hounds and the classic Dobermans tear Homer apart. As Carl remarks that it was a pretty good seminar this year. I really like the therapy hounds. Yeah, sounds like fun. Well, our second act finally begins with Homer at the family kitchen table. Uh, Lisa inquires about his speech and she knows that something is wrong. You know how she knows that, Steve? How's that, Craig? Homer is drinking corn from the can. That's right. Wah, wah, corn wah. niblets with their famous slogan. We'll see you on the other end. That's true. Uh, Homer tosses the can to the trash, although it should be recycled, Steve. He's also and... not composting because there's coffee grounds in there. Oh. Oh, I just put those down by garbage disposal. Yeah, that's that's fine if you... Along enjoy. with my fried oil, celery, um, anything stringy, anything that's bad. That's good. Yeah. Uh, my evidence. <laughs> sure. Yeah, my shorts. <laughs> I say, hey, disposal, eat my shorts. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> Anyways, uh... 
back to those cans. But he's also down some uh, cans of peas, okra, and a uh, second hash. Hmm. I don't like canned peas. I'm crazy about it. You don't okra. like canned creamy green penis? No, I like my penis hard and cold. <laughs> As in frozen. You know, I like I like canned corn. Canned corn's fine. What about canned green beans? <sighs> Tastes tinny to me. Are you more of a frozen green beans or fresh? Or I'm, I mean, fresh is obviously the best, but I'll take frozen. You know what? They always pack the frozen stuff at fresh ripeness and i gotta say i've been enjoying the frozen green beans over the fresh now yeah i could eat a fresh green bean like you know candy sure because i put sugar on it yeah okay (laughs) um i don't know i just uh when you just don't want to cook everything Mm -hmm. you just get one of those microwave uh frozen green beans it's nice it's wonderful i love it yeah i want some right now He then goes for a tin of cream spinach when Lisa tells him the story of Barbara Streisand forgetting the words to a song and not performing for 30 years after that. Homer responds that at least she still had James Brolin to cuddle with. No, I think part of those 30 years she wasn't with Brolin. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Did they get married like in the 90s? Yeah. Wasn't she married to somebody else more famous or also famous? Yeah, she was married to uh, she was married to Bill Oakley. <laughs> oh, Bill. Uh, Elliot Gould is who I was trying to think of. Oh, was she? Yeah. She was married to Elliot Gould, you idiot. Oh, yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I can't believe I said Bill Oakley. <laughs> oh, I said Bill Oakley. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're the idiot. <laughs> We're both idiots. Uh, all right. Well, how about some cream spinach, Steve? Mm, no. Da, 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 da. Uh, so in walks Marge, her hands full of tools, paint, and other hardware goods. So she asks Homer on a scale of 10 to 10, how did his speech go? Homer struggles to answer as the faucet drips, and then uh, it takes to life and sings, drip, drop, you flop, drip, drop, you flop. And the loud ticking clock becomes sentient, wiggling his finger on the beat. Up next, we got garbage disposal. Keeps repeating, fail, fail, fail. And the teapot screams, what the hell is your problem, idiot? I thought that was a lot of fun. I really like the uh, animation on that. It's the anxiety, Steve. It's represent uh, the representation of anxiety. I know. That's how I feel most of the time. Yeah. That's why I don't go around to teapots anymore. <laughs> that and the thing that happened at Disneyland that one time. <laughs> Homer sobs uh, through his anxiety attacks and Marge quiets down the kitchen appliances. So she apparently knows that's giving him anxiety, mm-hmm. but she knows what to ch- what will cheer up her husband. And it's a comedy club downtown. Downtown with all those desperate addicts. Oh, Steve, they clean them up and made them comics. <laughs> so they head to the 22nd City Comedy Club which is a reference to the Second City Comedy Club, which is Chicago, um, which is referenced in the episode He Loves to Fly and He Does, which we talked about. But it's improv night there. And inside the wall, we see a number of visual gags, such as... An occupancy sign that says, Occupancy, 150 guests, zero hecklers. Cool. Um, A sign that reads, 22nd City welcomes you. Because of complaints, we no longer make fun of religion, (laughs) politics, weight problems, the state bird, Pearl Bailey, or hillbilly culture. Is that true to many comedy clubs? Uh, hillbilly culture is still on the table. Politics are on the table. What about Pearl Bailey? Oh, no. Can't make fun of our governor? No, no. I like that Pearl Bailey's uh, the reference there. That's great. Yeah. It's a fairly minor character, so it's a good pull. Yeah. Uh, we get a sign that reads, uh, ever wonder what would happen if, then come to the uh, unused premises, Clarence. Uh, watch us perform all the rejected premises in one 12-hour-long marathon. Doors will be closed and locked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then we have headshots for the comedy troops titled laugh supply off the cuff and the comedy killers and then we have a sign showing crusty that reads this man is no longer permitted on the premises he is wanted for stealing material ruining stolen material fouling bathrooms groping waitstaff men and women uh drunkenness nudity offensive suggestions pickpocketing suspicious fires and 
corn cobbing. Steve, what's corn cobbing? Don't ask. Okay. Sounds like a regular uh, Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see if Urban Dictionary has an answer to corn cobbing. Corn cobbing. Oh, it's really not that bad. It refers to being destroyed in a debate or social situation, but continuing to deny the destruction and as ha- that the destruction has happened until all credibility is lost. Ooh, that's naughty. That's so naughty. <laughs> or it's, it's naughty. Uh, it's also the act of two men performing 69 in a hot tub. That seems dangerous. Yeah. Wouldn't somebody drown? Well, I was thinking they were both on their sides under the water together, but I guess it makes more sense that one's underwater. Yeah. But that's, I mean, he could drown and break his neck. Mm-hmm. Oh, another term or another act of corn cobbing is filleting the penis from the side, which actually kind of makes the most sense. And so that's like, fun rough. for the whole family, too. Exactly. I mean, everyone can enjoy that. Yeah. Assuming yeah. somebody has a penis. <laughs> Uh, Mark points out that improv is the best kind of comedy because there are no writers, uh, but a little improv nerd connection correction. Technically, every performer is a writer writing on the stage and nerd thing. Yeah. Homer looks forward to the uh, show, but resents the two drink minimum because though he will most certainly drink that much, he doesn't like to be forced to. <laughs> he then orders three Long Island iced teas. Uh, they take to their seats and the show begins as an improv show often does by a white guy asking for a suggestion. You know, that comedy club is a little irresponsible for having Homer order three Long Island iced teas. It's true. Just saying, usually uh, that's uh, too many. Yeah, and it's a two-item minimum, really. So you right. can order chicken tenders and a tater tots. Yeah. You don't have to drink alcohol at a comedy club, but it helps. Yes, until it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, didn't you have to like perform for like uh, uh, recovery and addicts one night? <laughs> yep, they threw needles on the stage. <laughs> Well, at least someone got high. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the improviser first asks for a location, to which Frank replies, 40.7 degrees north latitude, 74 degrees west longitude, which uh, the performer knows is New York City. Uh, but Steve did the uh, the actual math. It's Pier 2 of Brooklyn Bridge Park, to be exact. So Exactly. Go. Good job, Steve. Uh, thank you. Uh, next up, they need a relationship. And Mayor Quimby is sitting at a table with two women who are clearly not his wife. And he suggests loveless marriage. Lenny is impressed, while Carl is a little more skeptical. The improv team then asked for their final suggestion. These guys are pros. All they did was ask for two premises. That's two more than you've asked for. Oh, boy. All right. All we need now is an object. Anyone. Fear of public speaking. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Fear of public speaking. Maybe he has trouble talking in the dark. Hey, Jerry, bring up number seven. Ah! No, Jerry, no! Oh, no! Jerry, stop it! No! Stop! Ah! Oh, no! Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, Fear of public speaking. Well, that's not really an object, but we'll make it work. New York City, loveless marriage, fear of public speaking. They've pulled back the bow. Now let the arrow take flight. Uh, you know, I'm going to move over. Soon. We now take you to an apartment on 68th and Columbus Avenue. Oh, eek. Oh, oh, ooh. What, what, Kathy, what's wrong? I, 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 I. Uh, oh, for heaven's sakes, Kathy, when we got married, you used to speak for hours. But since we moved to New York City, nothing. Oh, it all magically fits. Come on, Kathy, say something, anything. 
forget about it. So I think my favorite thing is there was when Kathy says maybe as a fear of talking in the dark. So I'll tell you as an improviser, the most annoying thing that anybody suggests, but everyone always does ever is always dildo. People love to say dildo. <laughs> and the thing is, you can't go anywhere with dildo because like it's just it only goes in one place. Exactly. Oh. Well, no, that's not <laughs> Multiple true. places, but yeah, at least three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Test them all out right now. <laughs> oh, well, you're doing that. I'll continue. Uh, Homer, who is still on, spa- on stage for some reason, is uh, pleased with the scene and the fact that he suggested fear of public speaking. The improviser sends Homer back to his seat where he is impressed. They do everything he can't. Maybe they can teach him. Marge doesn't think that they'd be interested, but the guy points out that it's just $500 for the first eight classes. And uh, Marge feels that that's a little costly, as people could just form their own groups for free. But as they hear that, the improvisers call the scene and the curtain <laughs> closes. <laughs> All right, Steve. Uh, $500 for eight classes. Is that good or bad? Um... You know, for a major city like LA or New York, that's pretty standard. Although one UCB just one of the UCBs just yeah. closed. Um, but I think I paid for an eight week class, uh, probably between two and three hundred. Okay. Yeah, and our town is great because they have you know if you're in need or they have like some diversity programs. So you know they try to make it as helpful as possible in Portland. So uh, Homer walks nervously to his uh, first improv class, where a whiteboard uh, shows the rules of improv. Number one, never deny. Number two, believe in the premise. And three, when in doubt, pretend to make salad. Uh, that's a funny inside joke. If you don't this know what to do, true. yeah. Uh, or I, or another one that I always heard is uh, pretend like you're mixing a cake. <laughs> so what if you're like the improv scene is you're uh, in the interrogation room at the police station? <laughs> How's that going to help? <laughs> that way, like I don't know what you're doing over here. You got this guy <laughs> making cake. That's how bad this crime was, or something like that. Hey, it makes me laugh. <laughs> Uh, the board also shows acceptable stereotypes with a uh, person of color, choreographer, and drunk Irishman all crossed out. Only nerd remains. <laughs> I think drunk true. Irishman is probably still okay, right? I'm pretty sure I did drunk Irishman a couple times. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Larney Stone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Homer is firmly but politely told to sit down. Uh, his mind is full of premises, and we see them appear before his eyes. So we've got location: Golden Gate Bridge planet venus popular lunch meat salami relationship man and bowling ball occupation light show designer tv star alf uh philosophy objectivism and we see uh the awful person and rand which i'm i'm impressed that homer pulled uh lag locked country bolivia bronte sister the shy one so homer has so many ideas but how does he turn them into comedy so he then imagines a sign for a kiss cam and the various concepts kiss Although poor Bolivia is left out to mope alone. No one wants to make out with Bolivia. So Um, sad they're landlocked yet all alone. (laughs) Who is being um, a mega spoon? So it's okay. Yeah. Uh, So this delights Homer, who then is asked by the instructor to focus and lose himself into the scene. The secret is to lose yourself and become, say, a suicidal auctioneer. I could not possibly imagine what such a person would say. Well, just remember, it's, it's not you. Don't you get it? The secret to life has been right in front of you all along. Don't be yourself. Uh, uh, okay. What am I bid for this noose? Do I hear 100? No? Going? Going? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Really took my mind off my sick grandmother. Oh, looks like the hospital left the message. Gotta go. See ya! (laughs) <laughs> it made me laugh. So then you pay me? No, never. And if you open your own school, we'll break your legs. 
You want to give them the one we can never crack? Queen of Norway buying a car. Oh, dear. I can't afford it. A star is born. I laugh, too, with the, the noose <laughs> going, going, con. Come on. That's great. And then follows up good. with Lenny's line. Oh, man. That was so dark. I'm really I know, sad. I liked it. I know you liked it. <laughs> um, but also the line about, you know, if you try and start your own school, break your legs. That's also very funny. How many uh, improv uh, teams are in Portland? Uh, I'll say that at one time there were six different schools. So Jeez. we don't break legs here. We just encourage other people to be more positive. Not yeah. legs. Portland known for its improv scene. <laughs> I mean, maybe now not so much. No, no. Because improv is uh, kind of old things. I've been trying it online. Yeah, yeah. Back in the Simpsons' backyard, Marge is hard at work rebuilding Bart's treehouse. She's inter interrupted by a city inspector who informs her that uh, they're in a historical treehouse preservation district. Um, we then see several treehouses inspired by classic and modern architecture. The inspector asks for permits, and Marge says that she doesn't have them, but she'll take care of it. She goes back to work, and the aspect of uh, this B-plot is never heard from again. <laughs> Was that just for like a, a sight gag for like uh, referencing famous buildings? I guess. All right. I don't know if there was like a larger story where she had to like go to the permit office and get a permit, but I think it was a own so episode. Yeah. yeah. This used to be a two parter. Yeah. The second part was a uh, Marge and the permits. That's the name of my punk band. I like it. That's actually a really good uh, punk band name. Marge and the permits. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It'd be a uh, female vocal. Sure. Okay. Um, I'll be on a uh, rhythm guitar, Steve. I'm not really good at lead. Yeah. I'll take bass. Okay. Um, can we get Animal from the Muppets to be the drummer? Oh, that's good. I mean, he did do a thing with Weezer, so. Right. Uh, who do we know on uh, lead guitar? How about, uh, how about uh, well, I'll get Heather to be the singer. Sure. And uh, oh, we'll get Lori to be the lead guitar. Yeah, she could probably do that. She's good at everything. Yeah. All right. It's like uh, Wild Stallions. Excellent. <laughs> way. No way. Wait, yes way. <laughs> All right. Hey, so it's improv night at Moe's. And tomorrow they'll spray for the roaches, though they'll still be open. So backstage, Lisa tells her father how proud she is. And he went from fear of public speaking to forming his own improv troupe. So Homer explains that uh, improv is exciting and totally safe, but it's like driving a helicopter on the ground. Uh, when Lisa tries to tell her father that uh, ground driving a chopper isn't actually safe, Homer says she's being anti-improv, inspiring him to come up with a character, Auntie Improv. Uh, Sideshow Melvin busts in to tell the team that someone important may be in the audience. People, don't freak out, but the improv critic from the Springfield Shopper is in the audience. <gasps> Steve Thurlson? No, Thurlson is their improv reporter. Grant Hood is their improv critic. Then who's Jennifer Whitehead? Oh, she writes improv think pieces. You know, trends, big picture stuff. Who does the top ten list at end of year best of improv issue? They each write their own. Oh, yeah, ah. I forgot about that. That's true. Ah. Hi, everybody. We are Premises Premises. It says on Google that there are 5,012 improv groups with that name. Take it, Homer. Uh, okay, I need a location. Uh, Jackson Square in New Orleans. And a type of person that might be there. Someone with confidence. I, I guarantee it. I mean, I just want to go now to uh, a comedy club and what type of person? I want to be a person with confidence. 
I'm sure they would love that. <laughs> what was the uh, the name of their their, their team? Uh, premises, premises. Uh, was that the name of your team? No, but we were. I was on one team called the Wildcats, just because it, it's such an overused name. Historically, improv teams all have bad names. Usually, people start off by going with like taking the idea of improv sounding like improve and making a pun off of that. Is it now to the point when uh, teams are like they think they're parodying it? Like, let's just be ironic. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're the annoyed grunt boys, not the dough boys. That's so stupid. Because <laughs> Homer says dough, you see. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of some of the improv teams that I, I was named on. Uh, uh, Rebecca and the Squatty Potties. Uh, were you on uh, Marge and the uh, the permits? Marge and the permits. Yeah, <laughs> forget the name of the band already. Uh, I was about to say Marge and the water? Inspectors. I actually kind of like that too. <laughs> and it will Marge and the Inspectors. One, two, three, four. <laughs> That'll be like the name after like someone leaves the band after yeah. someone leaves Marge and the Permits. Like we'll have to be. It's like Jefferson Starship and then yeah, airplane Starship Jeffersons. <laughs> was Jefferson that Darcy. We, yeah, the Darcys. <laughs> uh, oh, what was the other name? Sorry. Uh, well, Squatters. Um, I was on. A, I was on a lot of teams. A lot of indie teams. <laughs> Were you on uh, six white guys and uh, another white guy? Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, there was a team called Too Many Mikes, and it was just made up of guys named Mike. There were like eight people on the team. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. And was one of the Mikes a uh, tall, lanky white guy? Yes. And then one a little bigger guy, right? And that's about it. Yep. Probably into like Dave Matthews or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. You mentioned it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's continue, Steve. All righty. We then cut to 742 and a half Evergreen Terrace, mm -hmm. better known as Bart's newly reconstructed treehouse. Mm. He and Milhouse are planning for the treehouse warming where Nelson is going to show off his mom's bra. Why, that's the thing that boobs touch. Milhouse is impressed that uh, Bart's new domicile has automatic blinds. And Bart replies that his mom put them in, but there's no need to thank her as she was just doing her job. Marge is about to bring a tray of cookies, hears this, and grows angry, dropping the treats and storming off. Uh, so Homer walks by and sees the cookies on the ground. Sorry, one of my favorite scenes here. He gets really excited and gets on his knees and declares, the Gable Elves are real. <laughs> Come on, that's a great. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and at the dinner table, uh, tensions between mother and son are high while Homer learns of a new opportunity to perform. Pass the gravy, Bart. Yo, thank you. Jeez, who ordered the crab? <gasps> There's crab? There's no crab. There's no thank yous, no appreciation, nothing. Uh, who was that directed at? Bart! Woo! Pass the gravy, please. <gasps> Dad! Dad! The Springfield Fringe Festival just invited us to perform! Huh? What's a fringe festival? My guess would be it's a three-day series of performances by alternative comedy and music acts, including but not limited to improv, stand-up, light circus work, and ironic burlesque. We're gonna be on the main stage on closing night! This is going in my log. <laughs> More crab for me. There's no crab. And then Homer uses his improv training to eat imaginary crab using some <laughs> really effective space work. That's one of the first things you learn is space work. When you do a phone, you look like you're holding a phone. You don't use your like thumb and pinky to be like an inspector gadget phone. Wait, wait, wait. I learned space work? <gasps> yeah. Does that mean I get to fly the Enterprise? You can pretend to. 
Uh, so back in the bedroom, Marge is angrily folding laundry. Homer tells her to relax, as you know, it's their job, it's kids' jobs to be ungrateful. He then goes on to say that he, he can cheer her up by uh, seeing him perform at the Fringe Festival. And this doesn't call Marge down, and her response affects Homer's newfound confidence. Good for you. The main stage, closing night, all eyes on you. What, 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 what are you saying? Oh, she's making me nervous again. But now I'm a trained comedy amateur. No one can get in my head. Marge Simpson, you don't want to accidentally undermine him like last time. Oh, thank God he doesn't know what I'm thinking. I know exactly what she's thinking. That if I mess this up, I'll be worse off than ever. He does know. She knows I know. That's kind of a fun little visual gag there. Just of them mm-hmm. looking at each other. Yeah. And it's also kind of sweet because they both know what the other is thinking. Like, because they're a good couple. The next day, Homer is awakened by Marge, who is sitting upright in bed, still fuming, even more angry about her ungrateful piece of shit son. Mm-hmm. Uh, she woke up with a morning would be mad. That's W-O-U-L-D, not W-O-O-D. That's Homer's job. Uh, she has Maybe a... Bart's too. <laughs> Um, so she has Homer get Bart uh, using the uh, improv terms he's recently learned, like uh, location, Bart's room, action, bring him here. And when Homer asks uh, for a character, Marge offers uh, nearsighted Frankenstein. It should have been nearsighted Frankenstein's monster, but yeah, that's a blunder. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is upset uh, with Homer, and he points out uh, her resemblance to a Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, so kind of like we were talking about how you know they all look like monsters. I know that Lily didn't wasn't like that, but you, you know, know why, Steve? Why is that? Because she didn't take the COVID vaccine. The rest of the monsters did, and that's why they oh. look like that. Yeah, yeah. As Marge paces back and forth in her bedroom, there's a knock at the door. It's Bart, and he's made his mother breakfast. The eggs are a little runny, just like she likes, and the toast is set to four with just a little bit of butter, also to her liking. The hash browns may be a little burned, but Marge likes them however Bart made them. Bart then apologizes, saying that every everyone forgets about all the wonderful things that Marge does. This touches Marge and makes her cry. Bart goes on to say that his mother is hot as the day he met her. <laughs> the two hug, and then uh, Bart has a moment with his father. So Bart th- uh, then thanks his uh, father by saying, that apology speech you wrote worked out like a charm. Uh, Homer tells his son that Marge can't resist an apology that comes straight from the heart of his box of collected apologies. Hey, yo. But I mean, Bart also did make some breakfast, which is, you know, surprising. Yeah, nice. And, you know, it's hard to get the eggs just perfect. So I like a little runny there. Yeah, I think you made the eggs and toast at four. It's a great way to go. Yeah, you know, you have just enough dipping, but you can also eat the egg. Yeah. And then if the, the you know, if the hash browns are a little burnt, you just mix that around with the egg. Soak it up a little bit. You know, if I have to choose between being underdone or overdone, I'd rather have them overdone. Yeah, if it's underdone, it's, it's like, just like... When they're mm, flimsy, they're not good. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, no, no. like even like a little burnt French fry is pretty good. You know, a little burnt potato. I don't mind a burnt potato. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we then head to the uh, Springfield Fringe Festival, where a comic book guy and his wife, Kumiko, make the discovery that they're not at the Renaissance Fair. A performer on stage tells them that the event is in, in two weeks and then calls comic, comic book guy Henry the Weight Problem. <laughs> actually, you know, reading it, it actually is funnier than hearing it. It's a good written joke. So Homer is unsure if he can perform among such talents. As we see, I guess, Revel Lovejoy is improv now. He's on stage with a Bible puppet saying that uh, dinosaurs weren't on Noah's Ark because they didn't exist. Well, of course they wouldn't exist at that time. There's a fire breather walking on his hands passes by, followed by a unicycler towing another unicycler on a treadmill. Lisa, who is once again dressed like Diane Keaton or vaudeville performer, (laughs) tries to encourage her dad. Dad, this festival encourages experimentation, even failure. What if I don't fail? 
desperate times call for desperate measures. I am getting a helium balloon. That makes anyone funny. Be right back. Homer, are you okay? You look exactly like Barbara Streisand did in 1967. I can't think of anything funny. Homer, Homer, relax. You're a riot. Remember how funny you was when you was the confident Cajun? And look, just let me feed you the prompt. Wait, you mean cheated improv? What would Del Close say? He would say, do like Mo says and shut the hell up. Who's Del Close? Only the author of the best book I intend to read someday. Homer, the cemeteries are filled with people who didn't cheat at improv. Steve, who's Del Close? He's the author of the best book I'll, I intend to read someday, <laughs> honestly. Uh, no, he is uh, kind of considered the father of improv of modern improv. He was a stage performer and actor in Chicago in the 70s and 80s. He worked alongside, you know, all the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live folks. I think he's in, he has a cameo in Ghostbusters, I believe. Um, he's also an insane person who snorted cocaine like it was air. He's probably kind of a creep, but uh, he also kind of shaped what improv is, so, eh. Well, he wasn't in Ghostbusters, but uh, he was in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was the English teacher. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Ferris Bueller's Ghost Day, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Same actors, same story. Yeah. They both take a day off. Yeah. <laughs> he was the narrator of uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade TV show. Which tracks because uh, they were directly inspired by them because they were all trained by him. And I he think was, that he, they even made a documentary about him. He was also in a leave their own. Oh. Anyways, he died in uh, 1999 at age 64. Yeah. That book that they showed, uh, The Truth and Comedy by Del Close, it's kind of like considered to be one of the, the Bibles of improv. Mm-hmm. And it's really common for people to buy it and read the first chapter and then <laughs> not read it. It's one of those books that you... Because there's a your... lot of really good books. Yeah. But you know how like you have books. There's a lot show. of good improv. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, what's that one that oh dudes like? Uh, oh, uh, oh, Confederacy of Dunces? That's one, yes. Um, I'm just saying like, people buy it. one really have fucking on long one, though, by... Oh, uh, yeah. The Cimmerillion. <laughs> Not about a horse or something. <laughs> no, that's a uh, Tolkien. Oh yeah, that's the right. first age um, of Middle Earth. Oh, really long. Uh, jest, uh, jest. Uh, Stephen King's Tommyknockers. Uh, Infinite Jest is a book I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, it's like five thousand <laughs> pages long, and it's really boring. And I thought you said like all the dudes buy it. And it was like a, a Joe Rogan book. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> all right. Well, Homer. Pre- begins to uh, prepare for his show with his team premises premises which the springfield shopper said the name was good <laughs> uh oh we forget to backtrack there i just love how that uh, the springfield shopper has like five people that just talk about improv <laughs> um there is a thing that happens whenever you're performing with a team for the first time especially when, when you have an instructor they'll come backstage and like hey guys just want to let you know lauren michaels was co- totally going to be here but he couldn't make it so you guys don't need to worry about anything just to have fun out there i've had no less than three teachers do that to us because they were being funny yeah yeah that's kind of lame <laughs> yeah it's supposed to also relax the, the students to be like oh there's nothing to worry about yeah. you're just performing among other improvisers <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's all you're ever doing <laughs> yeah like, uh, there's not actual customers here if they are they're all our friends or right, family they're- bored boyfriends and girlfriends yep and your friends uh no matter what when you're done they're gonna say you were the best on stage Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be honest steve uh, to be fair uh, you were always the best on stage oh thank you that means a lot to me yeah (laughs) i'm totally serious sure yes and i was very good at improvising (laughs) yes premises and and yes and you made everyone laugh till they cried jism 
<laughs> yes, and I lapped it all up. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> yes, and I think Lauren Michaels was there, and he said, I really want to sign that guy, but we already have 4,000 other white guys on the show, so maybe some other time. And there's an election coming up, so I don't really need a cast anyway. We'll just use old Hollywood actors. Yes, and? Yes, and. Okay, well... <laughs> So we got Lenny, Carl, Skinner, and Asai Shamel uh, that round out the Premises Premises team. And uh, as the rest of the uh, 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 troop hype themselves up, Homer conspires with Mo to suggest a back alley Cajun bit. Lisa, with a balloon that says improv and a high helium voice, catches her father in the act. She is stunned and loses both balloon and false voice. <gasps> Have you learned nothing from owning an unread copy of Truth in Comedy? It's either that or quit the show. You can't let your trope down. They need your space work, your strong choices and scene building skills. Hey, lay off your dad, huh? Everything that's supposedly spontaneous has already been planned, okay? Reality shows, uh, lip sync singing, even award shows. No. Yes, that's why the losers don't show up. But, but, but they have scheduling conflicts. Yeah, right, Dave Franco has a scheduling conflict. No, no, I've heard enough. I refuse to use performance-enhancing SUGS. Okay, everyone, I'm Homer Simpson, and I need an occupation. Cadaver salesman? Drive-through cashier! Uh, frog gigger. Finger kisser. Mwah. Nurse! You'll have to be more specific. I need a nurse! Back alley Cajun! Mm-hmm. Uh... A father I can look up to. Oh, um, uh, I hear drive through cashier. You Hello, welcome to Down and Out Burger. Would you like fries with that? A thousand? <laughs> sure thing, Mr. Brando. By the way, this is 1992. <laughs> Aw, so the crowd laughs and that's our episode. Or is it? In a segment uh, advertised as Homer Live, Homer is going to improv live answers to questions from the TV audience. And as Lisa points out, it only took the uh, Simpsons 27 years to do what they could do in 1954. Uh, we then go to the Fox Studios secret bunker where Homer is sitting at his desk. This was performed uh, three times actually by Dan. Mm -hmm. So there was an East Coast and West Coast, and then they did an international version. If you watch this episode on Disney Plus, this is what you saw was the international version. What we're going to do is when we go to the break, we're going to play all three. Yeah. Um, they're pretty fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first one we'll do, we'll do East Coast first, then we'll do the West Coast, then we'll end it with the international version. But before we go real quick, now maybe we should just wait to get in. I just want to say that because it, it ends so weird. It's like, it, does, right, it just ends with like, like there's that Lisa moment, like my father's confidence or whatever. And it's just like, Homer's like, well, fuck everything. I'm just going to do this dumb bit. And that's right. It, you know? um, and like they try and shoehorn like an emotional attachment to it. Yeah. I think we need to talk about that when we come back. So let's play these uh, three improv endings with the uh, callers and uh, we'll come back and then uh, give our full assessment of this episode. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Hello. I've gathered you here because I have an important announcement. This is the last episode of The Simpsons. It's been a great run. Just kidding! The Simpsons will never end. Now I've told you two lies. And to prove that we're live, on Saturday Night Live, last night, Drake was terrible. Now to take your calls. Let's go to Hannah. Hannah, you're talking to Homer. Hi there, What's Homer. You? My question... My question for you is, who do you like more, Lenny or Carl, and why? 
Lessie, I like Lenny because he's the black guy. And wait a minute, no. Carl's the... Wait, let me get back to you when I figure out who's who. Let's go to the next question. Amanda? can give me any tips or tricks for making it look like I'm hard at work, but really I'm relaxing or taking a nap. Always wear glasses with eyes glued onto them. Next question. George, I think. Hello, George. Hello, What's your question? So my question is pizza-related. Do you prefer Chicago deep dish or New York style? Let's see. I prefer Chicago deep dish because I like Italian better than Chinese. And now let's go to a planted call with a planted question. Let's go to... Hello? Joe. Hey, Homer, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Is that your question? I was wondering, what kind of car do you drive? Oh, uh, I drive a hybrid, which is a combination of old and terrible. Next caller, Chris. Yes, Chris, yes. what's your question or comment? My question is, what's your favorite job? What was your favorite job? My favorite job would have been being an astronaut because everything was done for me. And also, I could get away from the boy. Well, that's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We've come to my closing remarks. It only lasted three minutes, like eating cheeseburgers and making love. If your call hasn't been taken yet, please continue to hold. The cast of Empire will be answering questions Wednesday night. Someone will let them know. Flashing by are all the credits of the people who worked long and hard on this. I have no idea who they are, and now the show is over. The spotlight dims. The laughter fades. Someone call Uber. And if Bart would just return my pants so I can move from behind this desk. Doop, 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 doop. Waiting on the pants. Oh, Bart, not culottes. No. Hello. I've gathered you here because I have an important announcement. This is the last episode of The Simpsons. It's been a great run. Just kidding. The Simpsons will never end. Now I've told you two lies. And to prove that we're live, the Texas Rangers beat the Toronto Blue Jays today by a technical knockout. Now to take your calls. Let's see, our first caller is William. Hello, William. How are you, Homer? I'm good. Is that your question? No, no. My second oh. question is... Your second question is... If Donald Trump becomes the president, yes. are you going to move out of Springfield and possibly move to Canada? Well, there are a lot of people who want me to move out of Springfield already, so but I don't think Canada will want me to will welcome me. But you know what? That's why I'm for Bernie Sanders. I love his chicken, but out of respect we should refer to him as the Colonel. Now let's go to our next question, Michelle. Hi, Homer. I was just wondering, Hello. after all these years, how would you finally get rid of Patty and Selma? The best way is not to bathe. And I've been doing that for a month, but they smoke so much, it seems to cover up the odor. But I have to say, I'm getting a lot of time to myself. Let's go to the next question, Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hi, You're Homer. on the air. Hello. Hi, Homer. Hello, do you have a question? 
You drank too yeah. much this I weekend? I drank too much this weekend. What is your best hangover cure? Best hangover cure is to sleep on the lawn and stay there until Marge stops being angry. Let's go to, uh, oh, you know, let's go to a planet call with a prepared question. Let's go to uh, uh, Zachary. What's your Hello, favorite Zach? thong? What's my favorite thong? My favorite yeah. thong is that Brazilian one that, that doesn't pinch too tight around the waist. Well, I guess that's it. Let's, uh, we got to wrap up for the, for the day. I just want to say that it's been great doing this and, you know, it's all too short. The whole thing took three minutes, like eating a burger or making love. I want to also say that if you didn't get your questions answered, hang on and wait until that show, you know, uh, whatever. Oh, yes, wait until Empire answers that question. They'll do it on Wednesday night. Somebody should be on the phone or somebody should tell them. And now we're flashing the credits of the many pe people who worked long and hard on this. Uh, laughter fades. Someone call Uber. Hello, I've gathered you here because I have an important announcement. This is the last episode of The Simpsons. It's been a good run. Ah, just kidding. The Simpsons will never end. But I do have bad news. If you are seeing this, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Or you're watching the international version. In either case, I have three minutes to fill. And I can think of no better way to fill that time than to throw my hat into the ring for U.S. President. I have no previous experience no endorsements, and no idea when the election is. That makes me the most qualified. By far. I can be Trump and Clinton and Sanders. Stupid Sanders. I will make America great again. They're not so great. I will keep you on your toes. I will not run for a second term. I will walk. I will drill, baby, drill. Until I find the river of chocolate that lies beneath Hershey, Pennsylvania. I will not only leave Gitmo open, I will open Gitmo's tavern. I believe that no one, whatever his or her gender, should have to use the bathroom after I do. I am a winner. If the superdelegates oppose me, I will destroy them with kryptonite. I plan to win on the first, second, and third ballots. Maybe take a breather on the fourth and come back strong on the fifth. And I'll get rid of the boring Olympic events, like all of them. I will increase American exports, starting with my two stupid sister-in-laws. Uh, sister-in-laws? Let's just call them American uglies. Soon to be Canadian sevens. I would also like to apologize for the horrible thing I just said about Canada. And so, I withdraw. I throw my endorsement to Jeb Bush and I trust it's not too late. In conclusion, God bless America, and God bless Springfield in the beautiful state of... Oh, wait. I'm afraid my time is up. And we're back, Steve. That was a fun break. I loved all the uh, improv there from mm -hmm. uh, Homer, Dan Castellan, and all those calls. Those uh, animators must have gotten tired hands. <laughs> yeah. um, did you find anything in the trivia? Like, was it like a motion cap thing? Like, maybe just his mouth? So, like, when he was speaking? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the, the mouth doesn't always line up. It's kind of like, it feels like an 80s cartoon. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't find any exact. It's basically they just kind of quickly fixed that, probably with computers or whatever. 
Um, so in that segment too that we saw uh, all the signs that like Lisa holding sign that we parked in Bill o- Bill O'Reilly's spot. Nelson is holding Mar- Martin by his pants like a yo-yo. Anyways, that was all the same in all of the uh, versions. Right. I like the uh, Bender cameo. Yeah, Bender coming in and saying, bring back Futurama again, which after that, it, I know this isn't a Futurama podcast, but I, I always felt the Comedy Central Futurama episodes were a little off, but no, that was just I, me. I feel like we may have discussed this before, but I completely agree. I feel like we said that. Like, yeah. And then we would probably bring up like Arrested Development Netflix shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, let's, uh, you know, wrap up this episode like we always do with uh, our favorite quotes, our favorite uh, visual gags or jokes maybe an mvj and we'll find out what we're watching next week sounds like a plan all right steve what do you think for uh this episode for visual get on a shirt or tattoo hmm well i know that the obvious one that you want me to say is the confidence guy shooting himself in the head (laughs) no i was i was wanting the uh text message from the hospital to lenny saying that his grandmother died (laughs) that's pretty good too but actually, I'm going to go, um, as I want to do, a little esoteric. And I'm going to go with the things that Homer visualizes, like that image of him just imagining, like, uh, occupation choreographer, Alf, Bolivia, <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. Like, <laughs> that was literally on my pause right now on the screen on my computer. I'm like, eh, this might be it. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot of fun because, you know, it's so much uh, to explain. I think I would do a cheesy cast photo of uh, the comedy troupe of Premises Premises. Oh, I like that. You know how like they're like posing like one's a baseball player and one's a doctor, something like that. You one's know. a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's not from the show, but it'd be just more of a concept of uh, their cheesy improv. Like only $200 a class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> slots are filling up. Or how about the crusty yeah. uh, poster in the comedy club? that's one i thought about too that would be more like uh (laughs) oh you know that'd be good is a hoodie with the uh uh, second city logo on the front and on the back the this man the crusty photo with the whole list that's really good i like that a lot that's uh that's my hoodie for this episode perfect um let's move on to quotes uh craig what were some of the things that uh you like there's some good lenny and carl stuff in this episode yeah well i mean think for like not quotes but like visual scenes i talked about that earlier with homer just like fainting and then his soul leaves and then like the aura faints too <laughs> it's just the the outline <laughs> drawing I, I thought that was great yeah I think Homer's uh, joke too in the improv with the uh, the noose, like trying to sell a noose. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you know, my Homer might be my MVJ because he's got the whole bit with the the crab. Mm-hmm. Oh, earlier too, I loved uh, the free wood from the the house, and then um, <laughs> oh, God, I don't know, one of the other favorite scenes too the was uh, elves. The, the keyboard elves, the cookies. Yeah, I think Homer has to win. Hey, good job, Homer, for winning. There we go. I'll go with that. Close runner up is Lenny and Carl. I was gonna say the exact same thing. Um, the thing with Lenny's grandma is very funny because it's so dark. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, Homer Homer is really good in this, and even you know Dan improving those last three minutes of awesome, the episode yeah. really great. And uh, yeah, I think that it was just a lot of fun. And uh, as an improviser or former improviser or whatever, um, I thought the the improv jokes were very funny and very like inside baseball, but not so inside that you wouldn't get them. And just all the jokes about you know making your own school and how much money it costs and <laughs> all the literature that you never read that you also buy and how pointless it all is but how it's exciting but safe it's all true that's kind of like college too like i went to a trade school 
Mm-hmm. So even like all the books I had to buy on like advertising, it's like, do I really need to buy this? And no, you don't. But yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Overall thoughts, Steve, on this episode. Like I say, it's a, a fun homage to the improv world. And it's obvious that John Frank probably was an uh, improv team or two in college. And that aspect of it, I loved. I got to say, though, the B side or the B plot, I like the Bart part of it, but the March part of it just felt like a drag. Not that I don't love March, I do, but like Bart was ungrateful and that was it. And the permit thing kind of fell apart. And I don't know. I just, that part didn't do as much for me, but the improv side was a lot of fun. And um, I don't know. I think that the, it was kind of more of a concept than an episode. And they really wanted to um, advertise the last bit with the live part. And so that may have hindered from the actual plot of the story. That being said, it was fun. So in your average Herald scene, you have your A, B, C, so that's three. And you have A1, A2, A3, that's three more. Then B1, B2, B3, that's three more. So three, six, nine. And C, one, two, three. So we'll say out of 12, I'm going to give this a nine. 12 out of nine then. Yeah, a nine out of 12. What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> There's definitely some fun stuff that goes on there. And I think this was kind of an episode that was to bring in viewers Mm -hmm. because of uh, the live aspect at the end. And it was three minutes long when it aired for East Coast and West Coast. Obviously, because that episode we talked about uh, before we played all those clips that it just ended weird. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot going on for this uh, episode. I think there's points and stories that weren't touched upon. Like you said, with the Bart and the Treehouse and Marge, like that could have been an A story all on its own. Mm-hmm. The sweet, you know, Bart and uh, Marge moments. And it just ends with, you know, Bart lying to his mother. Yeah. And then you feel like they're starting out with like a Lisa and Homer connecting type of episode through improv like lisa joins an improv group and homer joins with her sort of thing you know you said early in the podcast like the the reviewer said about the homer has no confidence in public speaking which uh so for 27 years that's been a thing but we yeah clearly see he wants to be the town crier uh <laughs> you know he all he does is want to talk and and speak his mind mm-hmm. so that's a little off for me so I, I, you know what I'm saying like there's there's stories there but i'm just yeah. thinking more like the saccharine part of like old simpsons mm-hmm. you know like lisa I, I, that could have been an episode itself of like the improvisation of like lisa joins an improv troupe because she's the type of person no no offense steve that would join an improv. yeah you're you're completely right you know definitely um, she would <laughs> and actually that would have been more fun like to maybe have homer give her confidence because he is so bombastic and she learns how to be homer through lisa oh man that's a better i'm gonna knock this down to eight out of 12 (laughs) because your idea is much better because i want to have an episode where lisa's in an improv group and she thinks that homer's too like too loud and too much but by doing improv she learns how to like treasure him and maybe on the other side he learns how to like quiet down and be more thoughtful through her and it would just be a beautiful episode i think i like that yeah so she learns what you're saying is she learns to improv more off of his wild antics or his wild yeah behavior yeah because she's like in her head about worrying about doing the most like like smart and like witty thing where he just acts in the moment which is all about what which is what improv is all about is not thinking and just reacting because she's someone who would have read uh What's his name? He she would read the book. Damn it! This this episode is so much better. <laughs> Seven out of twelve. Um, it keeps going down because, like, yeah, she would have read all the books, like improv, truth and comedy, impro. What else is on the bookshelf? 
And then she would have thought that she knows the improv backwards and forwards. But then when she gets on stage. Because she, she understands sees, the science. Yeah. Right. But she sees it up because she doesn't, she's not in the moment. She's too in her head, which is what you want to not be when you're improv. And if you read too many books, that's what you do. I would imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a much better episode. Well, you created it there. We created it. See, that's the beauty of improv. <laughs> no, but we're wrong. It's a stupid. Never mind. Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> That's not uh, your anxiety taking over. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. Okay. Now, now do uh, 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 Bart's new treehouse that Marge built. <laughs> okay. So, <All> right. <laughs> anyway, what's your final score, Craig? That I now that I hijacked your full review. Oh no, no, no. That, but that's what I was trying to get to. Was like there was something there. Yeah. Um, and I think they just they needed those three minutes to to do that improv thing, which you know it's fine. Yeah, I think it, it works, but it's not perfect. So Del Close. They mentioned in the book or in the book in this uh, episode, he uh, died. How old was he when he died? I said uh, 64. So I'll give it out of 64. Uh, give it a 69 out of 64. Nice. Wait. But wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 37. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did have fun with it and I would definitely watch it again. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun to go into YouTube and watch the end three minutes from the West Coast, East Coast. Uh, but you don't, yeah. you just listen to it on our podcast now. Exactly. And I do think it is kind of a milestone, milestone episode for that reason, for the live aspect of it, which is kind of a cool thing to, you know, see a live cartoon. But yeah, I would say check it out. Yeah. Taking calls from uh, live callers that <laughs> let's go back because even uh, there's a great line that Mo says too is like everything's staged, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that one line of like, you really think Dave Franco has somewhere to be? <laughs> <laughs> so like that, I don't know if that's a setup. Like, yeah, these callers were, uh, were probably like the writing staff or like their friends and family. Like, yeah, because <laughs> you could even have had a caller call in and you know say Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis, Baba Booey. <laughs> but of course they won't. It starts out strong. There's some great jokes in there, but they just have to end it abruptly with like no meaning. And that was my biggest problem. Just because yeah. they had to put that gimmick at the end, which of course I like that gimmick. So there you go. Yeah. So uneven, but yeah, but worth watching. Not everything could be Lisa the Vegetarian or Lisa on Ice. So here we are. Um, hey, let's find out what we're watching next week. All righty, Craig. And to do that, we're going to need that good old fashioned wheel of random. All right. Uh, all right. Here we have it. And let's spin it to see what season we're in. Ba -doop. We got season 24. Season 24. All right. And let's spin it to see what episode we're watching. We have episode 21. Season 24, episode 21. Why, that's the saga of Carl Carlson. Mm. What's that about, Craig? Well, friendships are tested when Carl skips town with $200,000 winnings from a lottery ticket he bought Ooh. with Homer, Moe, and Lenny. Wow. Yeah. Originally aired May 19th, 2013. Written by Eric Kaplan and directed by Chuck Sheets. Craig, do you remember this episode? You know, I've seen every episode, but this one, I do not remember. Me neither. That's not a good sign. No. I like the uh, title of the saga of Carl. Is that supposed to be a playoff of Carl Saga in? I think you're right, yes. <laughs> the cosmos with Carl Saga Carl in. Sagan. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I always say that each episode, always looking forward to it. And I definitely mean it this time. <laughs> so positive. 
Right. Okay. Uh, hey, we got a couple of uh, t-shirts. Get our logo on a on a mug or a pillow. It actually looks kind of cool. You yeah. go to tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys and uh, contact us on our socials. We have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, not parlor, but it's uh, <laughs> at 138simpsons. And you can always email us at 138simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite pod catching up and leave us five stars or the equivalent and write a review. But you don't need to write a real review. I just need a location, an occupation, and a relationship. Thank you. Right, occupation, bus driver, location, bus, driver. bus, and relationship, fear of public speaking. Uh, 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 I, I, kids, I, 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 I don't know how to say this, but we're going to crash. <laughs> and scene. All right. Uh, remember, I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been your other half annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, keep watching the skis. Yes, and. They've pulled back the bow. Now let the arrow take flight. Uh, you know, I'm going to move over. Soon. <laughs>